Are you concerned about the role of government in our lives? The unrest in our country adds an undercurrent of stress to your normal everyday life. The unrest in the world brings your little world into an almost existential crisis. It seems like government is a part of the answer and a part of the problem. So what are you to do? Who do you trust? I mean, what happens when government oversteps its bounds? What if the very people who are supposed to protect us become the ones that we need protection from? In Romans 13, verses 1 through 7, we can find those answers. So watch this video to learn where civil government comes from, the special job of government, how authority positions make government work, how Christians should see government, and how Christians should treat those in charge. Coming at you right now. God's resistance. Thank you for tuning into this episode here uh, in God's resistance. And we are continuing our look at Romans chapter 13 verses one through seven uh, about government. And this is something that could be somewhat of a hot topic of disagreement at times. But I think if we just look at this very frankly and very simply, you will see that God is reasonable and that our human reason, uh, just at its very base, seems to go right along with what the heart of God is. Where does civil government come from? Verse one here. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Seems pretty clear, right? Civil government comes from God. God's the one that instituted it. Now, a lot of people would use these verses and say something to the effect of, we just have to, uh, you know, God cherry picks these certain individuals out of time and puts them on thrones. And so we just obey whoever's on the throne. Now, there are other places in the scripture which show us that God does raise people, individuals up for certain times, whether it be for blessing on a people or for judgment on a people. There's quite a few verses that we can find elsewhere. However, here, this isn't specifically what's being talked about here. What's being talked about here is the institution of government. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. That's the institution of government and all of the offices and all of the officers inside of government. Why? For there is no power but of God. There's no authority. That's what we should understand. There's no authority but of God. God grants the authority. The powers or the authorities that be are ordained of God. God's a God of order. God hates chaos. Remember in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, it says that the there is darkness upon the face of the deep and it was without uh, form and void, right? It was just a chaotic, dark mess in this world. And he spoke and out of his speaking came order out of chaos. God is a God of order. And so when we're living in a world where there are people that love good and want to do good and those that love wickedness and want to do wickedly, there has got to be something here to curb evil from completely taking over. What is it? Well, God says government, civil government is that very thing. It is what keeps peace and order inside of society, which leads to that next point, the special job of government. Now, if we were to look over here at um, verses Three, I believe, verse three will bring it out for us. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. So it seems to be from this verse that the function and the special job of government is to reward those that do good, to punish those that do evil. Why? For the peace of society. So that 
we're not infringing on each other's rights. We're not taking advantage of one another, that a whole load of people can peacefully coexist together in commerce, in family, in worship and all these kind of things without there being complete unrest and turmoil. Government is there for that reason. It is God's arm in this visible world for righteousness to continue to thrive in a society. That is God's purpose for government. So God sets up government and his purpose is to reward the good and punish the evil. A lot of people have said things something like, we should just have an anarchist government. Our government's such a mess right now. If we just had an anarchist government, then it would be like these little vigilante groups. So if one if one person stands up and wants to take all the power, then we would say, oh no, what we do, we don't have government. Well, the other guys with guns over here that don't like this one standing up and taking power will go over here, threaten this man, confiscate his weapons and say, hey, listen, get in line. You're not gonna be in charge. We're gonna do this a different way. And you'd say it would all even out. It's almost like how things happen in the animal kingdom. Wrong. Because inside of the heart of a human being, there is um, sin, a fountain of sin. And that is why in America, with the Constitution, the founders so carefully tried to construct balances of power because they knew what was inside of men's hearts that if given enough authority or power or even having a lack thereof, great wickedness could flourish. Now, you might be saying, yeah, I'm hearing you, but look at what's going on in our country right now and in the world around us. Isn't that already happened? We're backing up for a second. What I'm talking about is God's original intent, his purposes, his creation, you know, and what we've done with it is ruined some things. So we're not I acknowledge that what's going on right now is not very good. OK, but God did institute government for a reason and government is good according to the way God has designed it. And that special job for government is to reward good and punish evil. Okay. And before I get a little too, too far ahead of here, I guess we should back up and go to verse two. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. So God says, just obey the law. And then you won't have problems, right? And we're going to get to that in just a, a little bit. Um, after this. But then the next point that I'd like to bring up is how authority positions make government work, right? So you would say, okay, God's ordained the institution of government, but then then what? And that's where we get into verse one here. God has made it be ordained powers to be, okay? He has made those powers to be. When we go down to verse three here, it says, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth the evil. So this talks about not only, say, uh, you know, the president of the United States. It can talk about legislators. It can talk about those that are in the House of Representatives. It can talk about state policemen. It can talk about local policemen. It can talk about FBI, any of these other kind of um, law enforcement groups. These are positions in government that are good, that are right, right? In and of themselves, they are good and they are right. And we're told here in verse three, rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Okay, so if that really is the case and the rulers are doing right, they're ruling according to law and according to righteousness. We're told here they're not a terror to good works. They're a terror to the evil ones. 
So will you then not be afraid of the power? So why would you buck against that? That's essentially what the question is. He's saying, do good then. And you'll have praise of those same people. You'll have nothing to worry about. If they are acting righteously and rewarding those that are doing good and punishing those that are doing evil, you have nothing to be afraid of. That's essentially what these scriptures are saying. And I know there's loads of questions going in your mind right now. We're going to get there. However, we need these different authority positions. We're in a, in a society right now. And of course, we saw all this kind of nonsense that happened a little while back, but defund the police. The ironic thing is the same people that say defund the police are the ones that are calling the police when their rights are being infringed, when their property is being destroyed and busted. All of a sudden, they want the police now. Why is that? It's because it's innate in every single one of us. God's designed it to be this way. They are the ministers of God to keep the peace, to reward the good and punish the evil. So if you're doing good, you have nothing to fear by them, right? And you say, well, what about the crooked cops? Well, there are crooked cops. Those ones should be dealt with with the same law that any other law uh, or any other citizen under the law would have to deal with if they broke it. Okay, but that doesn't mean we throw away the institution. God set the institution up for a good purpose. When we look here, he says the minister of good in verse four. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. In other words, cops are not supposed to be namby-pambies. We don't have swords anymore like they would have had in the Roman Empire hanging on their hips. Those have been law enforcement. Police now, they have guns, tasers, things like that. They don't have those things on their hips for empty reasons, for no reason. They have it there because they are the ministers of God to execute vengeance and wrath on those that are breaking the law and doing evil, right? That's the purpose of why they have that. If they're using it for other reasons, then they're breaking God's law and they're not his ministers anymore. But if they are punishing the evil and rewarding the good, using their weapons and their enforcement to do so, they are then doing exactly what God designed government to do. It's the same with legislators and lawmakers, all that kind of stuff. They should be making laws that promote righteousness and goodness in a society and not crookedness. Those that are promoting crookedness are not God's ministers. They've gotten out from under things and they are now susceptible to the same judgments as everyone else because they have broken broken the law, right? This is what God has constituted government to do. This is why it's there. So then how should Christians see government, you might ask? How do we look at government then in light of all of this? Do we just kind of bow down, you know? Well, if we go back to uh, verse, let's see, verse two here, then you can find in verse two, it says, Whoso therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Now, in this time in the Roman Empire, you had the Jews that hated Roman occupancy over top of them. They wanted to get out from under the government. You can imagine Gentiles that were converted now looking back at the Roman Empire and saying, this Roman Empire doesn't love God at all. In fact, they're worshiping pagans. Maybe we should revolt against them. And Paul is saying, no, sir. That's not how it works. God's instituted government for a reason. And if they are rewarding good and punishing evil, then don't buck against them. This is right. And in fact, in verse two, we read here, whosoever resists the power, then if they're operating the way they should, they're resisting God's laws, God's ordinances. So you don't have to just answer, as it says in this second half of the verse, they and they that resist shall receive themselves damnation. You'll receive to yourselves damnation here. In other words, the law will come after you if you break laws here but also damnation hereafter. You'll have to answer to God 
for bucking against his authority, for his God-ordained authority of government being to rule over society. So a Christian should say, if government is doing what's right, if they are punishing evil and rewarding good and keeping the peace and righteousness of society, I need to submit to them. That's what God wants me to do. Then we need to go uh, to verse five. It says, wherefore, you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. The conscience being what I said just a moment ago, you have to stand before God. And if you hate government or just bucking against it for no good reason, this is a problem. And you have to stand before God and then you'll have to incur the wrath of this law if you break it, okay? So those are things that are going on here. Now, this can be a little bit controversial because with all of what just happened recently, people would say, well, what were you supposed to bow to everything that they were government overreach and things that are going on? Here is where we need to look at this very matter-of-factly and closely. And it seems to say very easily, very plainly, that these people are God's ministers if they reward good and punish evil, which leads me to believe if they flop that around and they punish good and reward evil, they're no longer God's ministers. And if they're no longer God's ministers, I'm not under obligation for conscience sake to obey them because then I would be accomplice with their wicked deeds. And I don't want to do that. So that's where I have to back up. And Peter said something like, we need to obey God more than man. So if there's ever a time where the will of God and the will of the government are at odds with one another, we choose God and incur whatever punishments that the government would throw on us. If those two things are competing, we must walk with God and just deal with the consequence. God will help us. So how do we then treat those that are in charge? Well, if they are doing what their job is, promoting good and punishing evil and, and, and obeying the laws of the land in that way, we are to be thankful for them. We are to submit to them. We are to give them our support. And that's what it says here, even in uh, verse six, for this cause, pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. In other words, pay your taxes. Pay your taxes because God has these people as his ministers attending to these things 24-7 around the clock. And I've talked with a lot of local police. They're way understaffed. They're burnt out, man. They need help, right? We're not trying to help crooked policemen. We're trying to help good policemen be good policemen. And Christians should then be paying their taxes to whom taxes is due. Now, if it were to be that we were in a, a situation like um, what happened in Nazi Germany and they were taking advantage of people, you wouldn't have to feel obligated to be paying your taxes there. You might do things because you have to choose your battles at certain times as for expediency's sake, but you're under no conscience obligation to do that. So I hope that you, dear listener, realize what God is after here. God is not asking us to blindly obey people simply because they're in a position, but to obey them as they fulfill his will for government. And that is for you, dear Christian. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, turn on the notification bell so that you can be aware of all the content that comes out. Follow us on all our social media and visit godsresistance.com. We are thankful for you.